Well, welcome to our final service for 2023. The Book of Access, they met in the temple, so in the church, but they also met house to house. So thank you so much for inviting us into your home today. Yeah, we just love each of you so much. And so it is an honor to spend this time with you. And our service today is gonna to be a little bit more like an experience. We're calling it Songs and Stories. And we encourage you at home, just engage, engage where you are and let the Holy Spirit move in your life. You're also gonna hear some powerful testimonies of God's faithfulness. And may these stories be part of your stories as we celebrate what God is doing amongst us. And lastly, you're gonna hear from our campus pastors, just some words of encouragement. And we just pray that they would speak right into your spirit as we prepare for this new year. Mm -hmm. And so let's posture our hearts just in a moment of prayer. Very short, very simple. Heavenly Father, would you use our lives? Would you continue to use our stories to make a Jesus-sized difference in the world around us? In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord, oh my soul Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship Your holy name Oh, 
My name is Nenman, and I'm here to testify of God's goodness and faithfulness to my family and I. Our journey to Canada started sometimes in 2021 when we moved from Nigeria, a place where we were born and raised, um, to the United Kingdom. When we got to United Kingdom, in a very short time, God established us and we had a thriving life there. But we knew that the United Kingdom wasn't the destination for us, it was Canada. Um, before we knew it, it was time to move to Canada. My wife mentioned to the company she was working with that she was relocating to Canada and they made her an offer to, if she, was, if she would agree to stay, that they were going to sponsor her visa and it was, it was, it was a tempting offer. I, on the other hand, got uh, an amazing job offer with one of the biggest banks in the United Kingdom. So we were caught between leaving all of that behind and still proceeding um, in, in trust and in, in, in obedience to what we believe we heard from God. It wasn't a difficult decision for us to make. I mean, we picked our backpacks. Well, my wife did first and, the, and, the, and they moved first while I stayed back to try to see if I could work out an arrangement with the bank that would allow me to work remotely from, from Canada. That didn't work out, so I picked up my bags and, and I joined my family in, in Canada. When we started out in Canada, it was, it was pretty comfortable for us because we had um, some, some finances, some savings, so we started off comfortable. But in a very short time, we found ourselves in a situation we have never been in, which was financial instability. And that started to cause stress, worry, and anxiety. I heard in Canada that winters can be really, really tough. So I started thinking, I don't have a job. How am I going to keep my family warm with food during winter? That was causing lots of stress and worry. My wife, on the other hand, was also applying for jobs. I remember one time she got a job offer and we were super excited about it. And the company, she called to, I mean, to make, um, to negotiate her salary and the offer, and the company decided to withdraw the offer. That was, that, those were some really difficult moments for us because like I said, we were looking at our savings depleting and there was no respite inside. We were really worried. One morning I was walking my daughter to the daycare and I remember just talking to her, saying to her, you know, God's got us covered. We're going to be all right. But at that point I was also trying to encourage myself. When I dropped her and I was walking back home, I was listening to, I was worshiping, listening to music with my headphones. At that point, I was struggling to concentrate on worshiping and not worrying. It's easy for us to worship when everything is going great, but when all hell is letting loose right before you, it takes another level of grace to be able to focus on worshiping. So I was struggling to worship God at that, at that moment. And then the music stopped playing. No, before the music stopped playing, I was asking God, I was looking up to the skies, to the heavens, and I was saying to God, do you still care? Were you not the one who asked us to come here? Are you sleeping? I know you are not Baal. You can hear me. Can you just show yourself? In that moment, my phone stopped playing the music, and I brought it out to, I mean, to see why it stopped playing and there was a call on my phone. And I answered the call, and it was a member from the pastoral team of the Life Center Church. And the voice said, Hello, Nenman. I was wondering if you and your wife are working at the moment. I couldn't believe it. For me, it wasn't about the question, it wasn't about the job. It was God saying, I told you I care about you. 
I still care. Fast forward, we got, I got the job and we're so excited about it. But a few months down the line, because we still had savings that was complementing to, um, to my earnings on that job, which was 24 hours a week, I, we started seeing the savings seriously deplete and in a month or two, we were really going to be out of, out of, out of funds. I went back home one day and I said to my wife, I want to speak to my boss tomorrow. And she goes, for what? Like, I said, I want to talk to him about getting extra hours, the possibility of getting extra hours. And she said, you know, God gave us this, what we have right now. Imagine what our lives would be if we didn't even have what we have. That strengthened my heart. And I said, you know what? I'm not even going to mention it to him. God, I know you still care. And the next morning, I was walking my daughter to the daycare. I think there's something about walking her down, I mean, to the daycare, because almost around the same spot, my phone rang and it was my boss. And he said, oh, Nenman, are you available to come in today? To, I mean, there's some work we, we can do if you are available. And I said, yes, I am available. Well, I am available, I need the extra money. I mean, so I got home, quickly got dressed, and I went to, um, went to work. And getting there, they said to me, do you, we were thinking, do you want an extra day to your time? So make it 32 hours. I, I, I was lost. That was God. And we needed it. <laughs> As if that was not enough. The next day, I got back to work again and said to me, I want to give you 40 hours. They said to me they wanted to give me, give me 40 hours. In all of this, for me, it was, I was excited that, yes, we get into financial stability again. But beyond that, it was, the hand of God in our situation. I called my wife and she was so excited. So I said to her, I was going to share a testimony. I was going to tell of God's goodness. My wife said, um, when do you want to do that? And I said, the, fo the following week. And she's like, can you not just wait? Because I think we're still expecting another testimony. I said to her, yes, it can wait, but I mean, what God has done for us is more than it, enough testimony for us to share. And on just an hour before I got here, I got a call from my wife and she said, I got a job. I was still going to testify of God's goodness. It didn't matter whether she got a job or not. What he had done was, was enough. But he gave her a job. He didn't just give her a job. It was um, a very senior position with a paycheck with beyond more than the one she lost the first time. She called me on the phone and she was just crying. She's saying, God is faithful. I just want to say 
thank you, Jesus, for all that he has done. We are so blessed and honored to be part of the Life Center family. For us, it's, it's, it, was, it was a massive support system, coming in every time, hearing the undiluted word of God, and the encouragement, the care from every pastoral team member, and even the staff and, and the members. It was super, super helpful and such a strong support system for us. And I want to also take this opportunity to encourage someone listening to me. I don't know the situation you are in. I don't know the Red Sea in front of you. For us, we had unemployment right in front of us and we had Pharaoh and his army in the form of bills coming after us. But God parted the Red Sea for us. He made a way. Just want you to find rest in the fact that God cares. And when it comes to your situation, when it comes to it, He would part the Red Sea for you. When it comes to it, He will make manna to fall from above for you. So find rest. Thank you. Well, hello and Happy New Year, everyone. Life Center, it is so good to be with you. Obviously, special shout out to Canada Life Center. I am the campus pastor there, and it has been just over a year since we joined staff, my wife and I and our two boys, and we are so excited to be able to celebrate another New Year's Eve with you. Uh, today, we're gonna be doing a short uh, devotional on Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. And so feel free to open your Bibles to that passage. We'll read it together. It'll also be on your screens today. On the way to Jerusalem, he, being Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except the foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. In other versions, we're reading from the English Standard today, in other versions it says, your faith has saved you. And uh, this is just such a beautiful uh, reminder for us today of our interactions with God. Here we are presented with 10 lepers uh, who at this point in time, leprosy, different skin diseases, uh, would have been all kind of lumped under the same uh, title of leprosy, basically meant that you were excommunicated uh, from your villages, from your towns, from your community. And so it was not rare to see uh, lepers finding themselves and they would be uh, in different situations uh, looking for help from the community, but you couldn't approach them. They couldn't approach you. In different situations, there's uh, notes that some of them would have had uh, uh, bells that would have signified that they were coming or they all would have been wrapped in bandages. It was very clear once you had been diagnosed with leprosy, it was very clear for all those around you uh, that you were dealing with this disease so as to uh, keep that unclean nature kind of over on its own. And so here we see 10 of them approaching Approaching Jesus, and they correctly identify that Jesus is the one who can save, that Jesus is the one who can heal. And so Jesus, responding to their faith, encourages them. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. And immediately they do the right thing. They respond and they begin uh, their journey towards seeing the priest. But one of the lepers, as they're on the journey, begins to realize that his body feels a little differently. Maybe his skin, uh, the, that uh, bits of skin that he can see, he's noticing that, that there's a, he notices that the cleansing has already taken place. Now he turns around, runs back to Jesus and gives thanks. And we can just almost feel and sense that excitement that's on this, this man's life, that he knows that he has been healed and he knows who the source of the healing is. It had nothing to do with the walk towards the light. It was all about Jesus. And so he turns back and it says, 
that in verse 16, that he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And what's really interesting that the Bible notes that he was a Samaritan and then Jesus asks, well, where are the others? Why is it only a foreigner who has returned? Because in Jewish tradition, they would have understood that in order to approach God, and we'll see this all the way through the Torah, all the way through uh, the Ten Commandments, and all the way through the histories that are laid out in the Old Testament, that one of the most important things in Jewish tradition was to be able to approach God in a clean state, right? The reason that they would sacrifice, the reason that they would engage in all these practices that God had set up was so that they could be holy as he was holy, so that the people of Israel would be able to approach a God who is holy. And being in a leprous state, having the skin defect, would have been uh, one of the unclean states uh, that the Israelite people would have identified. And so up until this point, it would have been impossible for these lepers to appropriately approach God in the sacrificial system that he had set up in the Old Testament. And so it's so amazing that this Samaritan leper recognizes not only that he is cleansed, but that he has full permission to go and approach Jesus at this point, right? You'll read earlier that they approached Jesus, but they stayed a distance away. Here we see him in his clean state, and he is running to the feet of Jesus, throwing himself down and giving thanks. And Jesus is surprised that the other lepers haven't come as well, because they would have known that now in their clean state, they would have the opportunity to approach God. And so it's such a beautiful and encouraging challenge for us, right? That it is right for us to go to God. It is right for us to go to the Father for our healing, to understand that he is the source. And we see that their faith and doing what it is that Jesus had instructed, that there was healing on the way, that even as they were going to fulfill the declaration that Jesus had made to approach the priest, they were already being healed. But Jesus also sees how we respond to that healing. And so I want to encourage each and every one of us today that in our testimony that we are not a people who seek earthly healing and bodily healing and healing on this earth just so that we can have a day that is maybe free of arthritis. Although, hey, that's amazing. But the purpose of the healing, the purpose of the miraculous, the purpose of Jesus being active in our life is so that we can go close to him. And so on this New Year's Eve, let's make that commitment that as we pray for God to show up in different areas of our lives, that all of it would be with this intent. Jesus, would you move in my life in this certain way so that I can give testimony of your greatness? But more than anything, God, I just want to grow, close, I just want to grow closer to you. Thank you, church. Thank you, Life Center. Enjoy this amazing New Year's Eve service.
We met when we were still very young. After we got married, we were buying an apartment and got caught by swindlers who took away all our money, and we were literally left on the street. All our plans that we had made for the future, they collapsed for us. And at that time we began to seek God and as a young couple we came to Him, having nothing but the clothes on their back dedicated their lives to Christ, and literally immediately we began practical ministry in the church. We led the worship team, we wrote music, plays, children's programs, we did printing, evangelism. Well, in general, everything that needed to be done in the church. No, don't forget that we were also involved in the worship team, we were also involved in the youth group, we had a home group. And later on we did everything in the church, everything we could do. It was the beginning of the 90s and the collapse of the Soviet Union. Of course it was very difficult financially. We were offered to go to Germany for permanent residence. We went on with our lives, each of us prayed, and both of us received the same answer, that we should stay in Ukraine for now. And then our daughter was born. And it was again an ordeal for us, because my wife almost died during childbirth, and our daughter also became ill. She was diagnosed in the hospital with a central nervous system lesion. We were told she would not walk well, not speak well, and even her development could stop at any minute. On top of the main diagnosis, other doctors found more health problems in almost all parts of her body. We were with her in the hospital, where the conditions were very difficult. And because her illness was complicated, she did not eat well, and she slept very little. All I could do during those sleepless nights was to take her in my arms and just read the Bible to her. When she was four months old, we had an emergency. We took the baby to the hospital and the doctor said that all these medications were causing for issues for our daughter. We came home and prayed, however this time it was a special prayer. I felt faith within me. And we said, Jesus, you took our infirmities, diseases, sins to the cross. By your wounds we are healed. We believe our daughter is also healed by your wounds and we stopped giving her those medicines. A month later we went to do an ultrasound and the doctor who did the exam saw that according to the readings that came before, the disease had stopped progressing. It was just an incredible miracle for us, because we realized that from that moment on, it was a life-changing moment that we had overcome, and that was a victory. 
From then on, she developed at an unbelievable rate. She caught up with her development. When she turned one year old, we went to all the doctors and they all said she was healthy. It was really a victory. And later our son was born, and we called him the son of consolation among ourselves, because he was developing well, eating well, sleeping well. But even here the devil tried to get us and destroy our faith. The doctors told us that our son could have a similar diagnosis. Naturally, we did not agree with this, we prayed again, we resisted, and this diagnosis was not confirmed. Even in relation to our daughter, although they said that she would be mentally and physically disabled, it turned out to be quite the opposite. We saw this progress, and in the end she got into the best university in our country. When the opportunity arose, she went to study in Canada, finished college here, got a job, and that was another push for us to move to Canada as well. Comes 2016, we felt that perhaps it was time for us to move to Germany. We moved, even though we still had our house in Ukraine. And for five years we served as much as possible in churches, in different cities. During the pandemic, when things were very difficult, we realized that we couldn't see our daughter, who at that time was already studying and working in Canada. And that's when we realized. I even called my daughter and told her how I felt. You know, one day God is going to open a door for us, a window is going to open, and we should definitely take advantage and move to Canada to be together. And then the war began. It was a very difficult time, which continues even now. And we never thought that being far away from Ukraine, 2,000 kilometers away, in peaceful Germany, the stress would be so great. My wife prayed in such a way that I thought the police would be called, because she was just crying out to God at night, she was screaming. But the worst thing for us was what we encountered with Russian-speaking Christians who lived in Germany. Yes, they were helping refugees, but in some churches they preferred not to talk about Ukraine, not to pray for Ukraine. And they supported Putin, supported what he was doing. And we realized that it would be hard for us in Germany to live with our Ukrainian mentality. When the war started, bombs flew, civilians began to die. Not only we prayed, but also made daily live broadcasts on Facebook and YouTube to support and encourage Ukrainians, especially those who were in the bomb shelters at that time. People testified that even unbelievers listened to us. And later they told us, thanks for your broadcasts. It seemed that it helped us to endure and go through this and not to go crazy. People were sitting in the bomb shelters in fear. Christians who were traveling, distributing humanitarian aid, were killed, and then they were found murdered. You may have heard about the city of Mariupol. My relatives came from there, and the family of my brother, with whom we were very close. At every opportunity, I prayed. Large families were killed. After three or four weeks, my brother got in touch and said that they had miraculously survived. It was very strange and painful for us to see when people don't understand, especially believers, don't share or at least don't have a drop of sympathy for what is happening now in our Ukraine. They were not able to express compassion and sympathy in the usual way. To be fair, of course, not everyone was like that. There were understanding Christians who were compassionate for what was happening, and it was the Russian-speaking people who provided support, compassion and understanding. Thank God for these people, who are not afraid at this time, during the dictatorship even in Russia, to call things by their names.
and to speak honestly about the fact that this is not just some military special operation, but this is a real war, where people are dying, where Christians are dying. Our brothers and sisters have died, and some have lost husbands. Children have died, mothers have died. Canada opened its doors to refugees. We moved as refugees and started to build our lives here. And we started looking for a church. We realized that we had to find not just a church. We had to find a family. A community where we could feel a part of, where we could be useful. And our son, when we started going to some churches in Ottawa at one point said, I want to find a church where I feel like I'm going to be needed there. And literally from the first service, when we got to Life Center, our son said this is the place. I think this is where God has brought us. He went and auditioned for the worship team and that was the beginning for us to meet an amazing pastor, Rhonda, who opened her heart, opened doors and subsequently I auditioned and started playing on the worship team. We were surprised, while not knowing us at all. They treated us with such acceptance, such warmth that we had forgotten that someone could treat us like that. Then we were introduced to Pastor Barry and Joyce, and we saw real fatherhood. Subsequently, looking ahead, I will say when I had to leave for one month to another country for work and came back, Pastor Barry said to me, Welcome home. When we came to Canada, I realized that I can't find a job as a musician or video maker. Because I can do it well, I studied for it. My wife is an opera singer, and she couldn't find work either. And I'll tell you honestly, I'm a believing Christian, but still, I was really struggling. I was very much worried because we are simple people, just like everyone else. We're not young anymore, and this is the second immigration. A new country. Starting all over again, it's very difficult. Believe me, it adds to the stress. Trusting God helps, though. I approached Pastor Rhonda and said, I can make a very good video. I volunteered to make something for the church, because we appreciated a warm welcome. And I wanted to do something kind in return. I made some videos, and it gave us an opportunity to get to know Pastor Lori and Pastor Jason. At that point in life I realized that I have to forget about my passion for video making, and I was ready to go to do anything to support my family. I couldn't sleep at night, I was worried sick. One day I received a letter from Pastor Lori. She invited me for an interview. But with my Ukrainian mentality, I thought that probably she wanted to ask me to do something else for the church or just to get acquainted. I said, sure, I'll do my best. And I came to the interview with my daughter. She helped translate. Pastor Lori asked a few questions. I started to understand something. And after a while, I get an email. We have good news for you. We are offering you to be part of the team and work here with us. And of course, I still can't believe it. I was welcomed with such warmth and understanding of my language barrier. And I'd come up to my colleagues and say, Hey, super team. And then they'd say, Hey, super Alex. When he goes to work, I ask God to give him superpowers to understand what is wanted of him. We've come to this point with this scripture. Up to this point, God has helped us, not knowing what our lives are going to be, what we're going to face next. But if he has helped us up to this point, there is no way we cannot trust that he will continue to help us. And we want to thank the whole church again. 
every single person who has come up to us and said kind words. So thank you for your prayers, thank you for your support. Thanks to our Lord for not leaving us. And it is amazing to see when you turn on the navigator and your path is so winding. And yet God is with you during this crazy trip and he brings you to a certain place at a certain time. You realize that it was all worth it to be in this place now. We appreciate that very much. Thank God and thank you all. We are very grateful. Well, I'm Pastor Jeff and this is Pastor Ingrid and we're the campus pastors at Life Center Cornwall. We're so glad to be with you today. And as we head into a new year, the idea of new always inspires some level of reflection. Looking back at the last year and what it held and hoping for change or maybe growth, or maybe this year you're hoping for a miracle. It's easy in all of this to find a scripture to hold onto and grab onto that speaks to where we are even if sometimes it's out of context. And often a verse that comes to mind is found in Luke, where it says, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Well, this verse often is isolated from his context and is used to try to muster up some type of faith for big plans or miracles that we need in our lives. And we absolutely need faith for these things. But spoiler alert, this verse isn't about that. That's right. This verse follows Jesus telling the disciples that everyday faith is hard. He's saying to them that we'll be tempted to sin, that we need to be diligent in holding one another accountable, that we need to uh, accept people's repentance, that we need to be forgiving one another, even if it's over and over again. And the disciples then asked for more faith because this is so hard to do, isn't it? Well, Jesus, though, had a very different perspective on how to live out what he was asking. Faith is about giving God lordship. It is about recognizing who God is and acting on what you know him to be. Faith is activating what we know of God and who he is by doing what he has asked. It is not a feeling, nor is it a power. It is actually a very conscious choice to obey the Lord of our lives according to his character. The disciples were, in a sense, asking Jesus to activate their faith for them. But he responded basically saying to them that you have what you need. Go and do what he had shown them. Root themselves in who he is and serve him. And then they will be able to do the things that he's asked. As far as we know, no mulberry bush was ever planted in the sea. But later we do see that as they acted out what he asked, there was a unified church growing and flourishing as they put this into practice. As we said, Jesus as Lord of our lives and choose to daily follow him in obedience. He is faithful to be who he says he is and it changes everything. Mm -hmm. It changes how we approach things. It causes us to have to lay aside our fears, our doubts, our selfishness, unforgiveness and pride. As we go into this next year, let's choose to live a rooted life of submission to the Lord who loves us and is always exactly who he says he is. And as we hold on to what we're believing for 2024, let's put our faith firmly in, in a God who cares for us, is with us, and not what he can do for us. He holds everything that you need for following him and is ready to give it to you. So root yourself in him today. That is the place that our faith, even if it's faith the size of a mustard seed, will truly flourish.
words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response, I've got just one move with my. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing
Well, what an honor for me to be able to share a word of encouragement for you today. My name is Pastor Rhonda, and I'm the campus pastor at the Orleans campus. And I want to share a word of encouragement as we enter 2024. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jason gave a phenomenal message, and I really believe it was a prophetic message about the shipwreck with Paul. And when we look at our lives, we may have entered 2023 on this beautiful ship. We walked on, we had our bags packed, all of our belongings, we knew where we were headed, we were on a destination. And we find ourselves coming into 2024, perhaps in a shipwreck. Perhaps there's chaos around you, perhaps you're experiencing feeling overwhelmed, burnout, perhaps there's an emotional fatigue, perhaps you're just feeling a crisis has happened physically, emotionally, relationally, whatever it may be. You may find yourself right now adrift in the sea, thinking, God, where are you and what is happening in my life? I want you to hear a word of encouragement for today, that God sees you. As we are holding on to the pieces of the plank, adrift in the sea, we are never abandoned by God. He is bringing us to the other side, to a place of promise. However, this is a season of shift. And church, I believe as we are shifting in this season, God is allowing things that we held on to so tightly, the comforts, the familiar things that we thought we needed, God is allowing to be stripped away so we could have our focus fixed on Him, that our countenance and our help is placed on Him, that we are firmly fixed on who He is, His unchanging nature and His uncompromising promises and His covenant towards us. Church, you are loved, you are seen, and you are significant. God is with you, and I believe right now that God is bringing a message of hope to His church, a message of rest, a message of calm as we let go and as we close our eyes and pay attention to His voice, His singular voice recognition. We can fall back into our loving Father's arms in the midst of chaos. We can experience supernatural rest and peace. There's a few scriptures I want to read over you today that just to encourage your heart. The first one is found in Psalm 32, 8. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and my eye will be upon you. Joshua 1, 9 is one that I love as well. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I love this. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's a prayer in my prayer book that really impacted me in this past season that I just want to read over you. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guide me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's hosts to save me. From snares of the devil, from temptations or vices, from everyone who desires me ill, afar and anear, alone or in a multitude, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, and Christ when I sit down. Christ is with you in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your circumstance. We can say it is well with our soul because we are not abandoned by God. So as we enter 2024, Hold on to the peace of the plank, knowing that God is bringing you to His promise. Hold on in the midst of the shift, knowing that God is bringing you to a new place. And hold on to the promise that God loves you and redeems all things because God is doing something new in you, because God is making all things new. It was so great to see all the different segments of today, and thank you for letting us be in your home. We just loved it. Where did 2023 go? It went so fast, and here we are ready to go into 2024. And so I want to take a moment, just read a portion of Scripture, recognizing that in our Jewish uh, 
tradition, they will read the Torah all the way through in the giving year. And when they come to the end of Deuteronomy, they also read the first chapter of Genesis so that the end always becomes the beginning and there's this cycle. I'm so excited that Life Center is going through the Word of God from cover to cover, and I hope you are too. Here's what it says in Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is wise, and it makes everyone sure. The statutes of the Lord are right, and they rejoice our hearts. The commandments of the Lord are pure, and they cause our eyes to be bright. Uh, The fear of the Lord is clean, and it endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, here's the key. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. Sweeter also than the honeycomb. And here's the word for 2024 in my heart to your heart. Moreover, by the word of the Lord, your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And so we're trusting that 2024 is going to be the greatest year ever for Life Center and the greatest year ever for each and every one of us. God bless you. Let's have a happy and a holy new year. And I just want to remind you that on January 7th, we're back live in all of our campuses. And on January 7th, we start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So over the next week, just uh, think of what uh, you want to fast and then come ready for 2024 and all that God wants to do. God bless you. God bless you.